0: Welcome to the OC24 podcast from the Global Initiative Against Transnational Organized Crime. In this series, we'll bring you 12 of the best talks from this year's 24-hour conference on global organized crime. This episode is called Cocaine Hoppers, Nigerian International Cocaine Trafficking.
1: Uh, Welcome to this panel on uh, Nigerian Cocaine Trafficking, uh, Cocaine Hoppers. This is the title of this panel, the title of the book. Written by Jude Obo. Um, my name is Damian Saitch. I'm associate professor in the criminology in Utrecht University, and also part of CYROC, which is co-organizing this event. Uh, I have attended already three panels that show that cocaine trafficking is flourishing. And so this is something that is certainly uh, the case we have today. Uh, we have tonight three experts in, in Nigerian organized crime. I will first introduce Jude Obo, and Jude will talk for, will present his book in about 15 minutes. Then I will uh, open the floor for Stefano and for Victor, which I will later on present uh, properly, and they will react on the book uh, of uh, Jude. So Jude obtained his uh, master uh, and PhD degree in criminology at Utrecht University. Uh, This was in 2016. And he has been really consultant for more than 20 years uh, with the Dutch uh, Ministry of Justice. Uh, He lives now in America. And last year, he uh, published this uh, book called Cocaine Hoppers, it transna- it, it, Nigerian international uh, uh, cocaine trafficking, uh, in my view, unmissable work for those who want to research on uh, drug on 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 Nigerian trafficking, is really the result of more than six to eight years of ethnographic research in various countries, eh? and I had the pleasure, really, and the honor. To uh, accompany uh, Jude in this journey uh, all, all these years, and I'm convinced the book is that the, it, we are going to discuss in this panel is uh, key to understand why Nigeria and why Nigerians are involved, have been involved, and are still involved in cocaine trafficking, both there but also in countries, for example, in Europe uh, or, or or countries that that uh, Jude without so without delay uh jude i will give you the floor thank you Damien, for introducing me
2: um let me first of all start with the fact that um i made this i made transition from agricultural engineering to studying criminology for developmental issues because of developmental issues in nigeria in the last decades we have witnessed that nigerians have dominated the cocaine trafficking from west africa to this nation countries globally distributing cocaine internationally in markets, but also in the Nigerian market. The Nigerian market is then growing because of Nigerian involvement in international trade. They have become more involved, more and more involved in international trade. And the demand of cocaine is increasing in Nigeria, exponentially, and that glamorizes supply and supply glamorizes the enthusiasm of Nigerian traffickers in the international cocaine trafficking. In fact, as I explicated in the book, Nigerian traffickers, this book, (laughs) Nigerian traffickers follow the goods they have. Nigeria is everywhere. Think about uh, like the Italians or the Indians or the Chinese. We're everywhere in the world. However, the cocaine hoppers have strategically placed themselves in production countries in the Americas and transits nations like Brazil, number one exporter of cocaine in the world, but also in all various herbs where cocaine is consumed in the world. Be it now in Europe, for instance, in the Netherlands or in Italy or in Britain or in North America, take for instance us or canada or in asia where we have now nigerians are prominent in thailand malaysia indonesia and above all china which is an upcoming market china has succeeded enduring nigerian traders to come to china for a long-term business relationship but indirectly they lured in cooking hoppers so one important aspect that has glamorized, enhanced the activities of Nigerian cocaine traffickers is the Nigerian state crisis, leadership failure in Nigeria. It has characterized this endemic corruption in Nigeria and corruption and organized crime at all levels of society. Therefore, one it is one aspect that has Characterize or enthusiast the six categories of cocaine hoppers as outlined here. Read further in the book. Especially the small scale traffickers who deploy the services of the Koreas. Nigerians, in fact, have popularized the shotgun approach, use of Koreas. They name it the, fair, uh, the battlefield approach sending as many as Koreans in their quests for the edge work involved in the international cocaine trafficking. They swallow balls of cocaine and go into countries, regardless of the penalty, for instance, in China, in Indonesia, in Malaysia, or in Dubai, I mean, in United Arab Emirates, Dubai. But also in countries where like, in, that have light imprisonment, lengthy imprisonment for drug trafficking. Consider Brazil, for instance, that has a, a, a very historical connection with Nigeria to the slave trade. Nigerians as well, they are not concerned about the drug exploding in their stomach. Therefore, the huge financial reward that is that the cocaine trafficking ensures to those who succeed, is an ulterior motive likewise the war on drug the war on drug categorically has fueled cocaine trafficking it has failed to achieve the expected the expected um, results it has failed to eradicate to eradicate drug trafficking or consumption instead in contrary the war on drug has increased cocaine trafficking because Cocaine production has increased in production countries, Colombia, Bolivia, and Peru. Trafficking has increased, as cocaine helpers have shown in reading this book, but also incarceration has increased. The number of people jailed for trafficking drugs, mostly poor couriers and poor people who are jailed, consider the prison warehouse today, what it means to the military industry, to the criminal justice as a whole, consider also that all these people are lavishing in jails, some murdered for drug trafficking. Therefore, the war on drug has failed, but why is it allowed to continue? Why has the criminal justice system that has failed to continue? Why was it allowed to continue? It has yielded benefits to those connected to the most powerful connected in this industry. If I think of the prison, the warehouse prison industry, what that means to the military and the criminal justice, the war on drug, the focus on only military solution for a social problem has failed woefully. But it has succeeded in encouraging the war on drug the big money that the prison industry generates, but also it has encouraged drug barons to go ahead, to make billions, siphoning tax in our countries. Likewise, cooking hoppers, when successful. However, as I explained in the book, change is needed. We are in the time, the time is right, and the tendency is growing, the accent has shifted and is shifting gradually to decriminalization, regularization, and harm reduction alternative. This, I am convinced, is the official head on. And we have spent almost a century promoting what drug prohibition in the world that has categorically failed, fighting a war that has no enemy. Time has come for a change. and we have informations from countries, models to follow in this area. for instance, the Dutch, the Netherlands who that decriminalized drug, especially marijuana right from the 1960s and 1960s, early 70s, with the normalization with the normalization policy. in fact, the Dutch realized that normal people use drugs drug is used by normal people that's why they implemented the normalization policy that decriminalized marijuana by doing so the dutch became the first country in the world to realize that alternative works and works good it has created a win-win situation as explained further in cocaine hoppers for society on the other hand the dutch decriminalized marijuana it can be sold in special stores called the coffee shop they took away the illegality the drug money from the drug barons and handed over to business like society that pay tax in other words generating huge amount of revenue for the dutch government a revenue in the tune of 315 million euros as a 2016 2017 data and this is every year in a business that is worth 1.6 billion they have less people to jail in fact the netherlands in prison the prisons in the netherlands is closing because they cannot find people to jail also contrary to several other countries take for instance britain or brazil or the united states that is warehousing about 2.2 or 2.4 million people in prisons, most of them convicted for drug trafficking, about 25%. So the Dutch lead the way. They have shown that normalization policy works by decriminalizing marijuana and raising enough revenue. Other countries that have similar problems that face similar problems in drug trafficking could emulate the Netherlands that stands out, especially for countries like Nigeria, a country that is suffering from acute unemployment, instability at all levels, leadership problem that has fueled the illicit trade in the first place by legalizing or decriminalizing cannabis. It will generate more revenue for the government minimize the effect of the war on drugs or stop it entirely, stop pampering to the wishes of the international community that send arms to the Nigerian military used in holding the status quo and preventing change in the country. So I think that reinvesting the resources in Nigeria, the heavy resources spent, In the future war on drugs, we enhance, we open a new future for the hopeless youths that could turn farmer. Seeing from this angle, reuniting my experience with agriculture and criminology, I think that marijuana, if decriminalized in Nigeria, will create jobs, create revenue for government. Marijuana or cannabis, is highly in demand not only as recreational products but in the pharmaceutical industry as well as the food industry the textile industry to mention but a few it is a business that is estimated to generate about 2.2 billion dollars especially if Nigeria could take this advantage in a country where the resources are there we have water We have land and everything, and the cannabis grows naturally. You don't need to fertilize it or even cultivate it. All is needed is drop the seed, and the cannabis will grow naturally. However, the irony is that Europe, and now America, or Canada, and Australia all are producing cannabis, encouraging, investing heavily on that, the European Union investing up to the tune of 500 billion euros in it, and planning to rip off billions in about 10 years. Ironically, these are the countries that in one way, intentionally or unintentionally, encourage the Nigerian government, send assistance to Nigerian government, the focus on, the military focus on drug control as, uh, as the only option to the exclusion of other professionals in nigeria nigeria in fact is the only place where the ndlea the national drug law enforcement agency is the only organization that handles drug issues from prosecution to even rehabilitation of drug addicts that's the only country that does that in the world not in the netherlands not in america not even in ghana not even in all countries Why? It is in the hands of the military, old military people that maintain the status quo, that gives a lot of benefits to them, but destroys the Nigeria as a whole. I will stop here. I think that I have explained enough in Cocaine Hoppers, and thank you for presenting that this is more than 20 years experience, working for the criminal justice system in in the
1: Netherlands. Thank you very much. Okay. Thank you very much, Jude. I'm I'm sure there will be questions. You can always put them already. Some are dropping in. I would like now to um, give the floor to Stefano Becucci. Stefano Becucci is Associated Professor in Sociology in the Department of Sociology and Political (laughs) Sciences, the University of Florence. Great, beautiful city. He's an expert in Italian and foreign uh, organized crime in various illegal um, markets. And of course, he also did research and publish on uh, Nigerian <coughs> criminal groups in Italy. And so, uh, Stefano, the floor is yours. I mean, take your time, 5 let's say between five and ten minutes to react on the work of uh, Jude.
3: Okay, thank you very much, Jude uh, and uh, Damian, for the, for the presentation, introduction. And uh, yes, la, I just uh, let me say something about the, the Nigerian criminal groups uh, operating acting in Italy, because in that way, you can compare the, the things uh, I read uh, by Jude in uh, his book, i think about the book is uh, one of the best research uh, done in the last uh, i think six seven maybe more year ago because for example i i i know um, phil williams uh, stefan ellis wrote research on uh, nigerian criminal groups at the international level worldwide but uh, that one is that uh, is a First is uh, updated. Second, uh, it's uh, really a wider research involving different kind of uh, countries and continents, uh, from Brazil uh, to China to Malaysia, South, uh, East other uh, East South uh, Asia countries, including uh, uh, European countries. In that case, it's a uh, the best research I read in the last period, and uh, it's also based on uh, field research, collecting different kind of uh, interviews with uh, former member, with member of uh, criminal gangs, uh, law enforcement, and so on. And uh, in that case, uh, just uh, let me back to the the Italian situation, at least Italian situation, let's say what I know about this, what I know. Uh, uh, um, According to some um, judiciary files, investigation, which happened in the last more or less 10 years, the problem about Nigerian criminal groups is uh, is mainly based on uh, organizations. Organization means uh, cultist groups. There is uh, a quite a strict uh, uh, organi- hierarchy inside the group. Uh, there is a hierarchy at the national level for Italy and also at local level, according to the different role played by the, 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 the leader, the head at local level and so on. And the one thing I think. Uh, I, I, I. At least for uh, for Italian situation, the, the the strength of the of the organized of the these criminal groups is a uh, in great part based on uh, their organization. There is a it's a um, they use some kind of rituals to 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 put uh, to decide that some people come in. Uh, the organization, and also there is a, an hierarchy, hierarchy an which is based on a connection at the international level, especially, of course, with uh, Nigeria or some kind of uh, states in Nigeria. Uh, they think that, uh, in, in that case, let, let's say, comparing the situation about uh, what I said and the contest. Uh, Information collected uh, reading the book uh, by Jude. Mm-hmm. Uh, first, uh, I like to understand better about uh, your knowledge about uh, your research field, uh, information collected, and so on. What uh, kind of uh, the, we, uh, the, what do you think about the criminal Nigerian criminal criminal groups operating at uh, international level? Are they, let's say G- gangs uh, um no 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 really just uh, not really co- connected among them are uh, contrary they are uh, a, for a st- more structured criminal group connected with uh, the uh, before you said that you were talking about uh, the uh, this the crisis of the state, Nigerian state, no. Mm-hmm. In uh, some authors, few, to be honest, a few authors talk about uh, the ne- a political nexus or let's say a criminal political nexus inside uh, the Nigerian Nigerian states. But what do, what kind of uh, idea you have about uh, that? In other words, there is a connection between. Criminal groups, Nigerian criminal groups involved in the drug trafficking at national level and the authority, Nigerian authority in the the country. Uh, It's only a question, let's say, of corruption or uh, otherwise, uh, leader criminal groups uh, acting uh, in Nigeria and uh, abroad are connected or not it's a question with the the state the different uh, with the uh, politicians for example as, as uh, in italy the main problem we have about mafia different kind of mafia from uh, sicilian mafia to drunk and so on the main problem that we have is related to the connection with the economic sectors entrepreneurs but also with politicians, and at the moment uh, talking about uh, Italian mafia, the only, the only really, let's say, authority which really engaged against against uh, Italian mafia is uh, our judges, prosecutors, politicians. Uh, we had uh, the election last uh, uh, this twenty uh, fifth September. No, people no. Paul, no politicians talk about the problem about mafia in Italy, nobody, and mm-hmm. uh, it seems that uh, the, the problem does not exist, uh, I, I was trying to, to understand better in, uh, about your country, uh, if they have this or not a connection and uh, with, uh, the politi- with the authorities, politicians, with economic in your country. If they, are, they have, what kind of connection they are? In which terms, let's say. Yeah, yeah, according to, I'm, I'm finished. Huh? Mm-hmm. Just, I have uh, some other question, but I prefer to, the one is, uh, it's uh, let's say, it takes time. Uh, and uh, just, uh, okay. it said uh, that it could be a, an explanation. Yeah, I don't know what uh, you can answer about this, but it, okay. if they have a connection, it could be an explanation let's say to to give some insight on why these criminal groups are spread at international level you know they are able to to have a to to have a formal synergy between politics economics and so on
2: thank you stefano for for the question in fact it's an interesting one i think that uh, the nigerian criminal groups already um they are organized in the sense that also they are disorganized, just like Nigeria itself. Nothing in Nigeria is heavily organized. So they, I've noticed in my research that the Nigerian criminal gangs, yes, they have a connection to the summit of power. That connection always exists. As I outlined in the book, using the revised social uh, revised social capital theory that mm-hmm. you know it is true using that connection that they succeed in drug trafficking that is why for instance the uh, the uh, the the there is recently the attorney i mean the inspector general of police in nigeria has been arrested for drug trafficking involvement in drug trafficking he was implicated and was arrested only because the United States stepped in, the intelligence stepped in. Otherwise, nothing could happen because in your question, the connection is clear because even the former president of Nigeria said that the Senate in Nigeria is infested with drug traffickers or 419ers, that's basically frosters. It is the basis of an organized crime in Nigeria that we recall. The definition of an organized crime elsewhere that draws from the traditional organized crime in Nigeria, mm-hmm. linking the powerful to the society. Take, for instance, the Ogunu traditional organized crime. But at the same time, we have the new organized crime whereby you have five or different people come together to exploit criminal activity on a continuous basis. Mm -hmm. They have a link to the government. Without that, the fact that drug trafficking or crime is big business in Nigeria explains that embezzlement is uh, uh, very much encouraged. So I am it's interesting for in another way to realize that you observe that Nigerians in Italy have metamorphosed to a kind of hierarchical kind of organized crime in Italy, meaning this adaptation to local context in Italy mm-hmm. elsewhere in Nigeria is more of a cooperation kind of thing. I observed, Cooperation kind of thing, even in the most recent, like uh, the youth organized crime, the bagger or secret groups, mm. courts, the mm. bagger, the ire rising from the universities in Nigeria. Mm. Group of young people that has been exported. I came across them in cocaine trafficking as well. They are very much prominent internationally. The question. How did they export this internationally? Bear in mind that Nigerians already were globalized following slave trade, following colonization and persistence leadership failure in Nigeria, the brain drain in Nigeria. Again, Nigerians in terms of organized crime hold the West responsible for what is happening to their country and development of organized crime at all levels of society, because they argue that the kidnappers of Nigeria, which is what we are referring to,
3: mm-hmm. also at yeah. all
2: political level, at all ministerial level, even starting from head of states, we have had a head of state around a country as a criminal group placing its cronies at important positions in order to siphon the nation's wealth is a kind of pre-vandalism mm-hmm. okay. that happened in England in the early days is executive lawlessness as I as I described in the in cocaine Harpers.
1: okay thank you very much uh, <coughs> Jude I would like to really now give uh, the floor to Victor Akpan. eh, He's in uh, Abuja, I I understand. Um, Victor is uh, a licensed pharmacist with 30 years of experience. He holds a PhD in pharmacology and toxicology by the University of Florence. He's advisor of many national and international bodies. eh, He has extensively researched the devastating effects of oil and gas exploitation in the Niger Delta region. And he has also done more recently uh, research, he's doing research on uh, various green crimes in the Gulf of Guinea. So, Victor, um, I would like you to give the floor, let's say for five, max 10 minutes, um, but also you can talk about the book, but also ask a question to uh, Jude before we open the floor for further discussion.
0: Thank you, Damien, for introducing me. Thank you, Stefano. Royce is my very good friend and um, a colleague. We all studied together in the University of Florence. He is is, um, a very passionate uh, Nigerian. One thing that baffles me is where he gets the energy to be an agronomist and then a criminologist at the same time. (laughs) Uh, But uh, I know he was provoked. He has not said that he is a police registered trained police officer of the Nigerian Reserve (laughs) Police Force. So Royce, I'm very pleased to be on the panel about this book because I've seen the manuscript when it was manuscript in the former Bruta and then now it is an excellent book. I've read everything. Thank you. Now, my position is that you have handled the state crisis in Nigeria, you remember, we ended up in italy because of the state crisis in nigeria the universities in nigeria function they produce good graduates but we wanted something better and where we could measure ourselves with the international students out there and we went to italy we studied the language and then we got there and graduated now it is no, um the book is not set to portray Nigerians as criminals in the world really. let nobody have that in mind we I'm now defending we are a very brilliant uh, set of humans in Africa I think we lead in Africa Nigerians but but unfortunately our leadership is almost overtaken by the bad side of leadership. And this book has shown that, give a Nigerian the opportunity he will excel, even in the worst things. And that is really unfortunate. You have mentioned a very important aspect of leadership crisis that has led to the flourishing of. criminal gangs, and cocaine. Let me point to cocaine because when we were students, initially, we used to hear of marijuana among students who were unable to pay their school fees in Italy or sustain themselves, they would bring marijuana to come and sell, you remember? And some of them were arrested in discotheques, in, in bathrooms and stuff like that, in supermarkets, in the 70s, the late 70s, I arrived in Italy for the first time on the 8th of May 1978. So during that period, we had that, but the state crisis was there, which I'm happy your book has captured, because we know have to look at the genesis of the things in Nigeria that was when the economy collapsed, the exchange rate collapsed, and students, parents, the dollar went from 66 Cobo 66 centesimi, the al Dwe Naira, Venti, Compagnia bella, And we had to abandoned school for some years to offer months to go and work in order to continue studying and some nigerian students who hadn't the ability to study and work went into and they were approached by the local mafia in italy where they started being criminals you have captured i don't know whether you have captured that but you have seen yes i did Yes. And you've seen that. Um, Then there was another aspect. The women came, they used to come to buy, to go and sell. They then came and prostituted in order to buy goods to go and sell. I don't know whether you've captured, it seems you've captured that. But then later, these same women turned into traffickers of drugs and humans. So we can see it is very important that authors and panelists see that nexus between the collapse of the political system, economic system, social system, and general state. As I'm sitting in Abuja, I'm using a torchlight because there is no electricity and I can't put on my laptop because the connectivity is very poor. Yet, this is a country that produces uh, crude oil and I've studied it. You wouldn't believe that there is a nexus between the very fact that there is no light because there are also people who must import generators and import refined products. So Nigeria is like somebody who runs a pizzeria in Piazza and then at, at home he has nothing to eat because, um, and that is that is what is fueling the desperation that we see as Royce has captured. But I don't want to buy into the totality of um, Royce's uh, analysis without making some distinctions. Mm-hmm. I know that there is something in the Nigerian that can also deter him from participating in criminal act, no matter how desperate he is, that is family value. What values did you receive from your parents? Stefano will have something to say as a sociologist. Otherwise, I can't see myself, I couldn't just possibly see myself, Victor Ogbun coming all the way from Nigeria. To come and be a cocaine pusher or drug addict or anything else, apart from the fact that my intention was to come to Italy, study, get the best degrees, and make myself available in the best, best possible way. For instance, we had mates. Stefano will explain this to us as a, as a sociologist. Those things did not attract us. I still remember one day in um, in rome at the train station one nigerian approached me and told me that he had cocaine or drugs to sell whether i could find him i told him to get away or uh, i would um, i looked for the police there was no nearby policeman i wanted to hand him into the police but later i heard that he was serving a sentence 10 years sentence somewhere in latina the same person. So even though I walked away quickly, he must have been caught. And that is a system that punishes where Royce has linked also very, very important. There is that book, crime must be punished and dealt with seriously by the criminal justice system. But two minutes, when, Victor, two I, is my time my is up it's yeah. two minutes two minutes okay at any rate i still have a lot of questions but another point that i wanted to raise which we discussed yesterday with royce after the is the, is the very fact that the ndl the national drug law enforcement agency cannot be the the tuto fare. the the, the be all and end all. We have to bring in professionals because Nigeria has become a manufacturer. Now we have come, that's why I say wahala. We have compounded it. We have become consumers, man of producers, exporters. Now we have graduated into synthetic materials with devastating effects on society and then another thing is that they are cheap cheap for a a, a poor nation and that means um we are real big trouble in our hands and the book is very timely thank you thank you very much uh, Victor for keeping
1: time and for your biographical uh, experiences I mean this is something I like very much of these panelists that you're not really talking about only about as experts but as people that really lived all these things uh in 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 very close. Um before I continue well, first of all I would let me uh, encourage the viewers now to either raise their hand or write uh, the questions in the chat. Um before I pass again the the word to, to Stefano for, for a further question, I would like to phrase here a question, a long question posed by Rafael Mareto. Uh, Rafael um, basically asked uh, th- that there have been some kind of transformations from the 80s to the 21st century in the involvement of Nigerians in the business. So, if you can, uh, Jude, say something about this, how how the involvement now in the 21st century dif- differs um, than than the one in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that uh, Rafael want to ask is the relationship with other illegal actors uh, or activities, Uh, there was a little bit discussion on political actors. But for example, what about uh, human smuggling and what is the relation between um, how Nigerians connect, for example, drug trafficking with human trafficking or with other illegal activities? there was uh, well, and then we will go back maybe with the, because there was in the other panel the discussion about the relationship with 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 Boko Haram and with with poli- is there any poli- relation with 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 uh, political actors um, or terrorists or, or criminal organizations and, and, and terror organizations in in Colombia? But so in, sorry, in Algeria. So uh, Jude, these are the questions from Rafael. Yes,
2: thank you, Rafael, for asking those questions. First of all. Let me start that. Um, Yes, uh, why cocaine hoppers draw from the activities of already drug trafficking nexus in Nigeria in the 80s? But that nexus has evolved, because time has evolved, because technology now has made certain things possible. Before, prior to the 80s, and then we weren't so much advanced. So Nigerians were already smuggling stuff like what uh, marijuana Uh, victor narrated our experiences in the 70s getting to italy and how that was smuggled it was however limited to a number of people in the 80s in the 80s already We already left Nigeria, we were in Italy. However, prior to that, there was drugs in Nigeria. Marijuana was there, it was already stigmatized. It was, we knew that it was being smuggled. We, in the seventies, the synthetic drugs also were there in Nigeria. At secondary school level, we all knew about Mandrax, that is a, a party drug that you would take. But then, that does not mean that everybody were involved in it, just like Victor have explained, tied to values you have from home and what you have you internalized as a person. Therefore, in the 80s already, there were drugs, but the number of participants is the limited factor. Already in the 80s, Nigerian government executed a number of people for cocaine trafficking. And that sent a shock wave to the nation. Most people thought that, hey, if you get into drug, if you are caught, you face firing squad. Because those three boys were fired and killed in Nigeria in a public square. So that, unfortunately, it wasn't deterrent enough. It meant a lot because we all had about that and the effects of it. Nigerians talk it. Nigerians both at home and in the diaspora talked about so the metamorphosis of from the 80s to the present day nigerian a lot a lot happened for instance the criminalization or the fact that nigeria was satisfied and dissatisfied as a narcotic nation helped to democratize drug trafficking in nigeria Basically the, of the official involvement of elites like the former head of state in Nigeria, as alleged. The international community said that the Nigerian government basically is a narco state because of high-powered involvement of elites in the cocaine trafficking already in the eighties. However, because the said person the number one governor of Nigeria then, or the military governor, nobody was arrested, meaning the crime of the powerful was not arrested. People talked about it, the whole world talked about it, in Canada, in in Europe, everybody talked about it. Yet, all the cronies and those people that were involved, in fact, that attracted the attention of the South Americans and brought them into the country, for the fact that they weren't arrested and prosecuted meant that if you are connected to the summit of power in Nigeria, it sent that message that you can go free. And it democratized cocaine trafficking. People even nicknamed the person involved as Maradona, drawing that with that parallel with uh, Maradona of Argentina, how he dribbles, that he dribbled the whole thing and that he avoided prosecution at the international level and at, at home. So that incident, in fact, was a founding, and a very important moment for Nigerians. And the fact that the outcry of the policy that killed drug traffickers killed those three nigerians for trafficking cocaine in the 80s and the people outcry cried that that won't stop and then the incident of the narco state nigeria the criminalization of nigeria one of the consequences of it is that nigerians found it very difficult to get visa to travel and that affected victor right now victor you are the latest victim of that but that has been ongoing right from the 80s already the mid 80s so what has changed in raf is that now the phenomenon has evolved more nigerians have become aware of it more a lot more participants have joined the crowd before it was limited number of people something done by the elite, but that has feathered gradually today ordinary people they have discovered that if you are successful you have money probably you have saved yourself from poverty and second part is using the nigerian the, the revised social capital that's connection to enhance criminal activities and amass any amount of money in nigeria without being without the slightest conscious. Okay, if you have that connection, you can be arrested. If you have connection to the Nigerian police, you can be arrested. Basically, you pay money. Basically, they participate They want they cut off their own cut from the cake. This is a mentality, the celebration of criminality, and the acceptance of festival of crimes in Nigeria is has that is what has changed so much more people got involved in drug trafficking in fact nigerians have popularized the drug uh, shotgun approach or battlefield approach that is career swallowing cocaine balls as i depleted here in my book but
1: uh, in what is the relation between your cocaine hoppers and um, for example other forms of criminality like um yes human trafficking like human trafficking i explained
2: that in various chapters also in the book there is a clear connection with that because we have seen that money generated from cocaine trafficking or from human trafficking is reinvested to bring someone from Nigeria, to reinvest it, to bring a close relative or a friend, pay his visa, get get him out of Nigeria. That is already human trafficking. Or get young girls, because as visas, uh, the price of visa is known in Nigeria. For example, in this case of Italian language, Italian embassy, or in the Chinese, Nigerians are, are spoken about their connections within the visa racketeer business,
1: right.
2: If you have money, you can get visa. And that enhances human smuggling. In other words, money gained from uh, from minority prostitution, women prostitution in abroad can be reinvested also in sending a career. I talked about participation of part time cocaine traffickers in my book in cocaine hoppers the part-time cocaine traffickers are not any other person that no more people that have jobs or that have businesses but decide to sponsor cocaine trips in that whether the money comes from prostitution or it comes from embezzlement in nigeria there is this clear connection which i discussed in cocaine hoppers
3: Okay,
1: thank you very much. Uh, I'm. I really would like now to give the floor to, to Stefano because uh, I mean I've seen him uh, very in, interested healing hearing uh, Jude. I'm sure he has more questions.
3: Okay. Yes. Uh, just a question, Jude. Yeah. Which is the role uh, uh, when we you analyze uh, the situation of uh, Nigerian criminal groups abroad? Uh, Especially, I think China, Guangzhou in China province, uh, Guangzhou in China, uh, Brasilia, São Paulo in
0: in Brazil.
3: uh, uh, Do they cooperate uh, with uh, other criminal groups uh, inside uh, in uh, in the autochtone criminal groups? Do they cooperate? I think uh, that it doesn't seem that uh, there is a conflict among. uh, Nigerian criminal groups and the local criminal Mm -hmm. groups. It doesn't seem that there is a complete uh, uh, reading the book. Uh, 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 However, if you have some information or some, uh, you can say something about about this, because uh, let's say. And uh, this is the first question, which is the relationship with uh, criminal Nigerian criminal groups in the. in the country broader where they are second uh, if they let's say um, let's say they 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 pay attention i'm talking always and uh, nigerian criminal groups they pay attention to to keep on a low let's say a low profile because they don't want to to get uh, to 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 complete with uh orthodox criminal groups um, they stay or do they stay always in the, inside the, the the community or they have uh, of course uh, the, the question is only about uh, Nigerian criminal groups. Do they have a relationship outside their fellow countrymen?
2: Yes thank you Stefano. Yep. That's a good that's a good one. My experience is uh, researching cocaine hoppers yes. I've seen that in as much as Nigerians use the concept of strong ties and weak ties. Mm -hmm. That is very much elaborated in cocaine hoppers. Nigerians are in between. What, for instance, in Brazil, they cannot compete. They are very much spoken with that. They cannot compete with uh, say the PCC in Brazil. Mm-hmm. you know, or the commander Vermeo in Brazil. In fact, in Italy, can they really compare compete with mafia? No. Nigerians are immigrants, small group immigrants, proletarians. They are like small groups. They are enclaves, small enclaves of people. So they are not well uh, well adapted, well uh, well into the, the mainstream organized crime however individually whether we're talking about the abaga or the aye, you know mm-hmm. that, yeah. has, that has been exported to outside is more i found that it is more these nigerian criminal groups a group two three friends together that has made the connection that know using their weak ties that is going outside 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 the nigerian strong ties Nigerian hanging together with one another i described that in in the section that talked about brazil in enough because staying among nigerians always doesn't doesn't really yield the expected advantages all the time so the most advanced or the most intelligent drug traffickers cross the border they go they have Friendship with locals, so it's a symbiotic kind of relationship, but not antagonists, mm-hmm. because they say it themselves. We are only small traffickers. In fact, that is why Nigerians specialize in trafficking small quantities of cocaine. They cannot compete with the Colombians, or neither the Argentinians, or neither the Dutch, or neither the British, or the Italians, or the Mexicans, for example. In the United States, they said, "Do it small, small, small." However, for those people that have got the chance of graduating to trafficking and bulky cocaine, teams up with local local counterparts. In fact, as is said in criminology, that no criminal groups, foreign criminal groups, succeed in a foreign land without having a connection to the local criminal gangs this has been experienced in brazil and cocaine helpers have demonstrated that they have also demonstrated in malaysia and in, in i mean in china for instance however they are not in the mainstream they have only connections that deliver their expected goals that give them the opportunity to be doing their small-scale distribution, they are not competing with locals. Yeah, clear. Okay,
1: Okay. I think uh, we will have to leave it here again, Uh, Cocaine Hoppers from uh, Jude. Very nice uh, to have you both, uh, all of you three, thank you very much, Jude, Stefano and Victor. For this panel, I encourage people to continue this discussion in next panels on African and Nigerian organized crime. Thank you again.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the OC24 podcast from the Global Initiative Against Transnational Organized Crime. This talk was just one of 85 from this year's 24-hour conference on global organized crime. To get access to the rest, head over to oc 24haysummitcom Thanks for listening.